there, Dune. <laughs> Looney Dunes. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in for for tuning in this week. Uh, to sand. <laughs> God, I got to start over. <laughs> Can I ask? Were you? When you said tuning in and then pause, were you yeah, thinking about saying duning in? And well, then I you decided do to that say every time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've already paused and corrected to duning in before. Yeah. A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. Son, a podcast about Dune. Tuning in to Sand, a podcast about Dune. I'm Molly, and with my co-host here, Lance. Hey, everybody. Hey, Lance. So today we're going to be talking about the first book of Dune, doing kind of a a wrap up on that, and answering our first listener email. We're taking kind of a book break as far as reading assignments go. Yeah, I was glad to have a week off of reading. Yes. Much as here. I'm loving Dune, but cool. So how are you doing this week? Doing okay. I'm I'm working again, which frankly sucks. It's work from home, which is nice, but it's just like really mind numbing stuff. And I'm not I'm not I'm not enjoying it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh yeah, I also started work this week and it does really suck. <laughs> yeah. D- not much to say about that. I <laughs> really hate it. Yeah, three month vacations a year for everybody from now on yeah but ones where we get to go somewhere mm-hmm. yeah instead of just into our mind palaces exactly mm-hmm. or mind jail depending on how you want <laughs> <laughs> so all right well let's just jump right in okay um to... talk about some movies yeah talk about movies okay i'll start okay so i watched hellboy Hellboy, The Golden Army, um, Waiting to Exhale, Sunset Boulevard, and Roxanne. So not that many. So let's see. I really liked Hellboy a lot. Um, Both of them. Maybe I was inspired by all your Avengers watching, but... Oh, I also watched... Shit, I watched Excalibur. That's Oh! Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the one I really want to talk about because I loved it. <laughs> it was so fun. Did you? So I, is this the first time you've seen it? Yes. Fucking insane. I had no idea how fucking insane that movie is. Yeah, it's totally insane. It's so long. There's uh-huh. so much in it. There's like, I don't know how they built those sets. They're amazing. Or if it's all just in the forest. Well, some of it is. Um, and then some of it is like these weird swamps and castles and 
I don't know. I mean, I didn't really, I thought it would be more boring than it was. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess I always think a movie is going to be boring. I always say that. <laughs> um, but it was definitely not. Arthur just ascended, you know, now he's king and he's been chosen by God. And then, yeah, this Lancelot, uh, Guinevere plot, just like hardcore destroys everything in the kingdom, which I guess I knew from like knowing King Arthur, but I didn't realize that was kind of the full extent of it. Um, Or at least in this movie, it was, it was like once Lancelot and uh, Guinevere set eyes on each other was like all downhill from there. Oh, spoiler, but <laughs> well, for what ends the, the most the ancient story. <laughs> most ancient story. I mean, it's Arthurian legend. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, from which like pretty much every everything story is based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for um what's her name? The witch. I'm gonna look up the character names because Well Merlin was like he was not so wizardly looking. He looked more like um, some kind of, well, frankly, a skinhead. <laughs> um, he was like bald with like a big red beard. And uh, right. Uh, are you intense. talking about Morgana? Morgana. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren with her strange son. Yeah. <laughs> and his golden head. Uh, so fucking weird. I, I'm guessing I've never read King Arthur. I mean, I think I read like in high school, one of those like condensed versions of it. Uh-huh. I, 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 I'm assuming the reason the movie's insane is because it's so much like the story and the story's just fucking batshit crazy. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, so I've just been in like this whole time I've been in sort of an eighties fantasy realm. Just nice. digging it. I think it's just they're so entertaining and so fun and like totally takes my mind off of everything. And uh, this one was such a good, oh, I don't know. It was very, very, very fun and rich. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think probably in the story, it's it's totally insane. Like when he comes, <laughs> when he first sees that little boy on his horse and then he leads him to that tree with all the hanging bodies mm-hmm. and then he's hanging there and then he sees the <laughs> the um holy grail and is like about to drink you know about to grab it but then he like climbs it. it's like a great fever dream do you remember that part a kind of that movie yeah. is like it really is like a fever dream is actually a really good mm-hmm. uh description of it because it's just it it kind of is all like in a soup in my head like how much cocaine went into like the decision to make that movie and let them make it the way they did god well i'm so glad they did i wish all movies were like this yeah i miss that like just dumping tons of money into Mm -hmm. a project that is like just insane like (laughs) you know bad decisions yeah there's almost no like real value to it that i could say right yeah but uh Except that it gave me a lot of pleasure. And (laughs) I wonder, I think I would not have liked it if I was a kid, but I kind of wish I had seen it as a kid to have like all that shit in my head. I mean, it is pretty scary some parts. um, Yeah. Or like disturbing. Anyway, thought it was great. You made me actually really want to watch it again. Yeah. I'm going to have to put it on my list. Yeah, highly recommend. 
Okay. And then, yeah. So then I was like looking at a list of other fantasy movies and people kept recommending Hellboy. And um, I did like it. Especially the second one was fun, but it like maybe coming off of Excalibur, it's like the world didn't feel as real or as big or as like you could actually walk around in it. Um, It's like only the edge of your computer screen, like the most the you know the most like dreamy part is when they go into that market but that's like one tiny little one tiny little place and then the rest of the, I don't know it's very cooped up yeah i really like Guillermo del Toro but hellboy is not my favorite of his movies the second one i remember liking more just because it felt more uh, like he was getting to explore his like style a little bit mm-hmm. more it just looked better but mm-hmm. I still just like I I don't know. It's not it's not my favorite. I kind of want to rewatch him, but kind of remember being a little bored by the first one. Yeah, it was it was, it got boring. I was really into it at first because like it starts with all the Nazis and like occult stuff and Rasputin. And you're like, great, tons of great material mm-hmm. there. <laughs> but then and then I was like, I loved when Hellboy came out i just love a little hellboy he's so cute Uh and then i like yeah i like kind of i loved hellboy as a character but um then it did sort of just become like a clunky oh these are like superheroes you're gonna fight an evil and is he good or evil blah 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 what about roxanne did you like it yeah yeah i'd seen roxanne before um i like yes i really like it i mean i think it's sweet steve martin is so cute in it I probably um, haven't seen it in over 20 years. And I'm just yeah. curious if it holds up. It's a little... Yeah, I think it definitely holds up. I think with all these rom-coms from the 80s, again, it's like they stopped using real-world sets or something. And um, so it's refreshing to go back because they're like in actual bars and stuff. And right. like, they have real houses and everything looks much realer. I liked... God, I liked all these movies. Because I really liked Waiting to Exhale, too, which was just, like, episodic, kind of. It's like Whitney Houston and, right. Angel- yeah, Angela Bassett. Anyway, that one was really fun and also really held up because it's, like, in Arizona, it's really beautiful and all their clothes were really great. I don't know. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roxanne, Roxanne was good. Really good. I liked it a lot. And you can tell that Steve Martin is, like, a playwright in that movie. Mm-hmm. because um there's all kinds of funny weird jokes in it um like she walks up to she's skeezed out by this firefighter guy who is skeezy and he owns this shop called just like mostly dead things <laughs> it's just like this storefront and then he comes out and he's like wearing this fur coat it's just very strange and like uh it's kind of an absurd element and just a m- pretty normal straightforward rom-com Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff in it. Here's a detail I remember about Roxanne is that they keep calling his character CD, which Uh is short for Cyrano de Bergerac. But do they ever explain why his name would be CD? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I don't remember. No. (laughs) I mean, I, I think when I kept hearing it, I was like, chief. Chief Captain Fireman. So <laughs> I guess I thought it was like a term of his firefighterness. Yeah, his 
character's name is C.D. Bales. Weird. And they don't. Weird. They just never say why his name would be weird. I, I guess you're just supposed to be smart enough to, to, to know, know that his name is Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also really liked him as a firefighter just going around and like doing a bunch of goofy stuff. I don't know. It was very Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like it was his total sense of humor and loved it. All right. Well, so what'd you I watch? watch it. Yeah. I watched the Brady Bunch movie. <gasps> <laughs> Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Charlie's Angels, Boys in the Hood, Young Adult, The Beastie Boys Story, Lost Highway, and Pink Floyd Behind the Wall. Wow, that rock! What a fun week! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, some of the, some of that stuff is really fun. The only reason, and obviously, I've seen these Star Wars movies a million times. I got a hold of like the theatrical versions, and I was like re- very excited to rewatch those. So I watched those. The only reason I'll bring up Star Wars is because I had totally forgotten that they talk about spice in it. I totally forgot that spice. No was- way! Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, and and it's and it's a drug. It's it's the spice melange. Like it is just spice from Dune. Yeah, that's insane. Was Frank Herbert alive? He should have just sued George Lucas <laughs> like into the ground. Right. I mean, it it he wears it on his sleeve. Like he know. Like he yeah. admits that he that he ripped Dune off a lot. Uh, um, I guess you know he thought it was more of an homage than an homage. Off. Yeah, I'll take that. Sure. When do they reference it? Pretty briefly. They mention the spice mines of Kessel, mm-hmm. uh, which later actually comes up in Solo. Evidently, the spice mines are where they, you know, mine spice, and they they have Wookiees for slaves, and oh, Wookiees no. are in charge Wookies. of yeah. No. <laughs> Wookiees are in charge of like mining the spice. Which is can be used medicinally, but it's usually like those spice mines are set up so they can you you know make it for recreational use, and it's wow. very addictive, <laughs> right? <laughs> God, I had that's that's insane. I think I looked it up briefly. And Wookiees kind of would be the fremen in a certain. I mean, hmm. I could see them like doing well on Arrakis. <laughs> they look I mean maybe it's just because they Seems have a little like, hot. They have like <laughs> Well I guess I was a met because their hair is the color of what I imagine spice to be. Oh, okay. Blend in. And maybe they are like half spice, half creature. Yeah, they're like spice apes. <laughs> yeah. Spice ape cloud beings. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know which of these other movies to pick. Boys in the Hood was really good. I hadn't seen it in a very long time. The music almost ruins the movie. The music <laughs> is just real bad. There's like very dramatic, good acting, good writing, but then this horrible, sappy, synthy music plays and man just like sucks the the talent out of it. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah. What is Boys in the Hood? Boys in the Hood came out in 90 maybe 91 uh-huh. uh, and it's got Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ice Cube and it's the movie that kind of came out in reaction to what they were referring to as like gangbanger culture and mm-hmm. like all these like uh, exploitation movies where like it's the cops against the gangs and like you know that what how dangerous Compton is and how like just paint painting this 
the like people who live in Compton as like bad guys. And this is like kind of like more showing it from within and like kind of exploring like, you know, not everybody's a gangbanger. And it's just kind of like these this this group of kids like growing up in Compton in in the early 90s. And mm -hmm. it's really good. I think it's really good. It just that music, music. man. Music sucks. <laughs> Shit, that sucks. The only movie I can remember being ruined by the music was Watchmen for me. Oh, the movie? The yeah. Zack Snyder movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It was just ruined by everything, but the music yeah. in particular was so stupid. The songs come in and they're just like, it's like Sound of Silence or something over a funeral and it's just so annoying. Like every song was so clunky. Yeah, it's because in the comic book, they quote all these songs. Oh, And so he's yeah. using the songs to quote and I'm like, that's not, that's <laughs> not how you do it, dipshit. Yeah, it just like comes on full blast. Yeah. This song you've heard like eight million times. Yeah, like, Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about Charlie's Angels. Okay. Which one did you watch? The, I watched the first one. Yeah, I watched nice. I watched Charlie's Angels one. Okay, had uh, you seen it? Yeah, I saw it when it came out in the theater. Mm -hmm. It is a movie of its time very much <laughs> yeah uh, early 2000s <laughs> right right like w it was 2000 right yeah so I, I remember like watching it and commenting to Naomi I was like okay this movie came out in 2000 which means they were making it 99 so he, they had just watched the matrix like <laughs> and there's all these scenes where there's this wire yeah. work people flying through the air and like mm -hmm. but the fight choreography is just like so bad <laughs> It's like kids doing yeah. the Matrix. Yeah. Right, exactly. Which was me at the time. So I was like, I think watching it, I was like, yeah! <laughs> like your, the fight choreography looked like perfect to me. Oh yeah, it's fun as shit. Like yeah. it's really fun. The first half of the movie is so fun. And mm -hmm. then it tries to kind of become a real action movie. And, and it's so poorly written that <laughs> it just kind of like, fizzles out when do you think it takes a turn i think when it tries to start doing like plot twists you know uh -huh. when they're like oh this guy's not a good guy he's a bad guy and none <laughs> of the plot twists make any sense oh my god this is funny because i li i mean i watched i watched that movie probably 900 times as a kid uh-huh I, mean, I had it i had four vhs that i would just watch all the time and that so i i can't separate anything mm -hmm. out of it <laughs> To me, every single beat is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's it's fun. It's yeah, really yeah, fun. Yeah. I love Chris McGlover in it. Like Chris oh, McGlover so is good. like so good in it. Yeah. Uh, and I still, even though it's very much out of his time, I love the like you know uh, the prodigy music playing when when they're chasing him around and then <laughs> they're fighting him. So cheesy, but I love it. Yeah, in the like back alley when they're all jumping up and like mm -hmm. on crates and stuff mm -hmm. and doing like long kicks. And yeah. he's got his sword. And he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like screams. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. I also, th wait, is it Sam Rockwell in it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I thought he was really great. I don't know. If you were a Charlie's angel, which one would you be? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe maybe lucy lou i don't know huh interesting what, <laughs> which one do you see yourself as well okay 
I mean, obviously I, not obviously, but I always really loved Drew Barrymore in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just so cool and like bad, but also, yeah, kind of dorky. So yeah, definitely, definitely Drew Barrymore. But yeah, so I would, th- I would say like Natalie is like the, she's the geeky one who's like really fun and sweet. And then Lucy Liu is like the serious one who's really techie and Drew Barrymore is like the badass. Mm-hmm. You no, know, who's like you know doesn't follow rules <laughs> okay that's good that like yeah I, I i think i needed that breakdown um bosley all right well we'll come back to it we'll circle back okay <laughs> for our charlie's angels podcast yeah <laughs> um all right cool well those are all fun movies i think should we dive into our sandbag yeah sandbag <laughs> Mr. Sandman. Yeah. so we got one email Woo! Our first email. Ba-ba-da-ba. Yes. Do you want to? It's this is someone you know. Yes, Chris Hollingsworth, uh, my coworker, friend. He sent us this email about other Dune-influenced art stuff. He says, "Hello, Lance and Molly. Loving the show, and hope there may be potential for more book club-inspired podcasts in the future. Thought you'd enjoy some more material with definite Dune inspirations. Voila!" They're all very interesting. There's a Fatboy Slim video called Weapon of Choice, a, a clip from Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, an Akira, something that, um, like the, the music from Akira. But anyway, yeah, they're all great. And he says, also, Liet Keens is far and away my favorite character in the book. Would be very curious to hear you both discuss your favorites after the book is completed on the show. Thanks from all the Sandies. <laughs> Sandies! Sandies. Yeah. That's cool. I remember that weapon of choice video. It says, yeah, walk without rhythm and it won't attract the worm. <laughs> well, and then he said, oh, didn't you think too that it was like the weapon of choice is my voice? Yeah, he says something about, the, I mean, the, the, he says something about the tone of my voice. So that might be the weapon of choice is that his voice is the weapon. Yes. So there definitely. you go. All right. That's definitely Dune. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. So thank you, Chris, for those. Love that. You know, send send those emails. Yeah, definitely send emails. And then also in the sandbag, my girlfriend Naomi decided to write us a question or some questions or some thoughts. I don't know. She put it in an envelope and asked me just to read it as we're (laughs) doing this here now. And you haven't seen these. I have not seen these. Uh Here we go. Uh, Oh, it's, it's in letter form. Dear Sand, y'all already touched on this when you talked about similarities between the physical descriptions of Harry Potter and Paul Atreides, but will you talk more about the parallels you each see between Dune and the Harry Potter series? What got me to wondering about this was the allusion to spice beer in that one <gasps> chapter. Oh, Personally, uh-huh. I think spice beer sounds even tastier than butterbeer and a much higher ABV. How about mm-hmm. you guys? Thanks, Naomi. Love that. She's totally right. Although I think butterbeer just sounds like the most delicious thing. Yeah, spice beer doesn't sound good to me. I imagine drinking spice beer and it tastes, I don't know, it tastes like Dr. Pepper or something. Yeah, I can imagine it being like a big red beer, like a mm-hmm. sour beer that tastes really cinnamony. Oh, like a beer with a shot of fireball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like spicy beer. Yeah, which... Fireball just makes me gag. <laughs> yeah, but I do think it has a much higher ABV and I'd be 
certainly willing to try it. Yeah. Oh, I'd be willing to try both. Well, I guess I have had butterbeer because they have it at the draft house when they show Harry Potter movies. Yeah. And to be fair, butterbeer actually always tastes nasty. Yeah. I've heard it's good at, if you go to Orlando, the, I mean, the Universal Studios Harry Potter thing. Yeah, I tried to make it once with literal, uh, the recipe had like butterscotch cream soda and you like melted butter Mm. and put it, oh, (laughs) so nasty. Yeah, anyway, it was barfalicious. (laughs) (laughs) That does not sound good. Okay, but any other parallels between the two? Well, they're both like classic stories using classic story tropes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did think that Pitcher in the book was described the way Snape kind of looks. Oh. Um, yeah, he's described as like tall with black hair and like a thin mustache. And that's how Snape is sort of always in my head. He's like very tall and has like black hair that kind of curls around. He has like sort of a little bit of a mustache. He is like almost a, I imagine him like a conquistador kind of look. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I thought. I thought they looked similar and that they are both kind of like preening over their master in a way. Lady Jessica looks like Lily. Does she? Yeah, they, you know, um, Lily has red hair um, uh-huh. and Lady Jessica's supposed to be kind of bronzed. Like she, uh-huh. everything's bronze. And Pitcher has a, has kind of a thing for Jessica that goes oh, unrequited. Oh, okay. So. You're doing a lot better at this than me. <laughs> schooled (laughs) no (laughs) i did just reread some of harry potter though so it's kind of in my head okay let's see if there's anything else um there's not really a voldemort a voldemort no there's no real the 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 bad guys are pretty like not as involved really like Mm -hmm. we're experiencing pretty much what what the quote-unquote good guys experience like we're following them and we don't really see the bad guys all that much Right. Well, I guess he's he's also in the first like few chapters. He's learning, so it's kind of like he's in a school for like kind of a wizard school, right? Like because he's learning. Sure. Um, which one? What? Which uh, professor do you think like Thufer is? <laughs> I don't know. Fucking Quirrell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine him as Filch, even maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Filchiness. I feel like Gurney could be like a Hagrid. Yeah, I, I would think Gurney Gurney is like a Hagrid. Yeah. Sure. And Duncan Idaho, I don't know. Maybe Lockhart. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan Idaho's Lockhart? Not really. I mean, I think that that's how I picture him, maybe. Oh, no, you like, we've decided that Duncan Idaho is like a cool, bag. he's like an Aragorn. Yeah, no, I like I like Duncan Idaho. I think that maybe he's like a uh, Lupin. Lupin. Maybe? Yeah, I think Lupin. he's like a Lupin. Yeah, yeah. disheveled, sad, and kind of troubled, mm-hmm. but you love him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Great. We did that. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. So should we just like kind of talk about our thoughts on book one? Yeah. Let's let's just wrap it up there. Okay. Um, great book. Hey, it was great. <laughs> Loved it. You know what? This is a pretty good book. <laughs> I like this book. I like this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, Keens is just like at the library. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he looks up. That's the ad for Dune. Right. <laughs> yeah, from the 80s. Did you have any like lingering, like anything you didn't get to say? So overall, mm-hmm. I am curious because we talked, I think we talked about this before because Denis Villeneuve is like, breaking up the Dune movie into two movies. And we talked about if he's going to break it up, it seems like book one would be the first movie. Yeah. But I think that would be a weird ending. Yeah. Like And I just, they barely are in the Dunes. Right. At all. I feel like he's got to get at least a little bit into like his life. Again, not spoiling anything. Right. Like, it's pretty obvious he's going to meet the Fremen. Yeah, he's got to meet them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I feel like you've got to get into that a little bit. When I was rereading this, I thought the book ended after he initially meets the Fremen. So I do think that there will come to the natural end here soon. Yeah. But I don't think we've gotten there yet. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Because I just think it would be weird for them just to be, they escape the attack. And then Paul's <laughs> like, oh, I got all these brain powers. And then the movie ends. <laughs> Just credit rolls while <laughs> yeah. he's still like looking around. <laughs> in, a, in a fucking tent. And <laughs> his creepy, weird asshole tent. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it can't end there. And yeah, we've it's a kind of a bummer ending. Yeah, so I mean, because yes, most of this first book is set up. I think what I like about it, I think he breaks up all of the introductions really well. Like all the chapters kind of have their own tone that match the characters that he's like introducing. So like when we meet Baron Harkonnen and Pitcher, we talked about this, but like how I think they have kind of a classic evil sidekick dynamic. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're just there in that you're like, oh yeah, okay, here is like the evil guy with his evil sidekick or in the, like when we have the Duke, after we've met everybody, he calls everybody into the war room. And they kind of have this like war room chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also feels like kind of archetypal. And I'm like, okay, yeah, now I, I'm in it. I understand this is a, a leader with his people. And like, I know I can kind of get a sense of their whole world pretty well. Right. Right. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes okay, I just feel like sometimes I go off and then it's no, like <laughs> No, I just like I'm following like what you're saying and I'm uh-huh. trying to like simultaneously like think of something to add and yeah. I'm like, no, you you you're completing your thought and I don't really have additional thing that to add and it makes me feel like like I've lost. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think a yep is a perfect yeah, so Oh, what a, we can do a gone but not forgotten. Oh, uh, like a like an immemorium for all yeah. the died for the died. Yeah, I mean, I you know, shout out Mapes, obviously. Yeah. Too soon. Way too soon. If she had stuck around, where do you think she would have fit in? Oh, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen her join in with the Fremen and see what what she's like, you know, as as a Fremen around other Fremen. Totally. Because like, she clearly, I mean, she's very of the Fremen. Yeah, exactly. She knows, the, like, about all the, all the things. 
Mm-hmm. I know it would have been cool to like see her like step into place like I don't know next to Stilgar or something and mm-hmm. yeah ride into battle. <laughs> I also wish we got more from Tuick. Oh really the smuggler? Mm-hmm. Yeah I mean I guess I didn't I didn't spend enough time with Tuick to really like get too attached to him. Yeah. He's just like was a good comic relief during that dinner scene. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get too much into him. Yeah, I think what I like about him, I just thought he was like, played both sides. Mm-hmm. Kind of an interesting character. Sort of like Benicio Del Toro in uh, Force Awakens. Oh, oh right. <laughs> Another Star Wars thing. But I don't think he was Tuick. I think he's just, I thought that he was kind of a, a fun bridge character. He seemed like a good person to have on their side. Um, yeah. so I felt like he was a loss and uh, yeah I just loved when he like burst out laughing right um, yeah got a good vibe from him you know he's kind of like the dinner guest that you invite to a dinner to shake things up mm-hmm. you're having like a fancy dinner with your parents friends and like <laughs> you're like oh this is annoying so you invite your punk rock friend who's like oh, in a cool. band and everyone's like god he's wearing this fucking nose rings yes everyone's like disturbed by him totally but they're also all kind of in awe by him by the end your mom's like sort of drunkenly flirting with him (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh my god you did that hurt yeah yeah um your hair's so spiky can i touch it yeah (laughs) ouch (laughs) i guess i also thought he was kind of (laughs) hot or something so i was like oh he probably is yeah i think he probably was yeah yeah, so it just seemed a shame. Okay, and uh, we lost Yui. Yeah, we lost Yui. I mean, you know, I think I'm as torn about Yui as as most people who know the whole story are. Like, he, yeah. you know, he's, you kind of understand where he's coming from. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he, he betrayed the Duke and the whole family and he fucked shit up royally. But, you know, if he wouldn't have done it, someone else probably would have done it. Right. No, Yui is like, his death was the most complete because if he hadn't done the bad thing of betray, I mean, his 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 life purpose at that point was to do what he did. Oh, to bring it back to Star Wars. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rogue One, Mads Mikkelsen's character is is a scientist and he's forced by the Empire to design the Death Star. Oh, wow. And his his thing is like, if I'm not doing it, someone else is. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to introduce this point of weakness in it, design, build that in there so that they can blow up the, the Death Star. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez, Louise. I don't think they even consciously know that right. they're doing all of this. Right. Think, but like... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just like that is those are kind of ancient stories. Right. Exactly. I don't think Dune came up with the idea of like, if I'm going to betray someone, I'm going to like put in this wrinkle or whatever. But no, but that's what I like about it. I feel like he very effectively weaves those in. Mm -hmm. Like without it seeming like, I don't know. Uh, boring or predictable or anything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Everything, everything feels organic. And I think he asks himself a lot, like, why, why are they doing this? And he, and he always knows why everybody's doing what they're doing. And it's not about like, oh, so the plot can move the way the plot moves. It's about like, oh, every, every character 
decision is driven by something specific. Yeah, and they're all so interrelated and he never drops a thread or anything. Right. Right. It's always like exactly this person is doing this because they relate to this person. And it kind of matches the whole theme of of an ecosystem. Um mm-hmm. you know, of everything kind of relating to it itself. So I it's cool that he like gets that concept so well in storytelling too, as well as like environmentally. Love it. Uh, So, yeah, I think Yui's death, I don't feel sad about it. He would have been a despicable person if he didn't do it, I think. Right. A coward. Yeah. Yeah, a coward. A coward. (laughs) God, I always wonder if I'm missing cues like that, you know, if I'm taking the easy way out all the time (laughs) and not like um, betraying my family. (laughs) No, I think you'd probably know. Yeah, I think so too. Obvious. Yeah, okay, and then Leto, he dies. Right. Yeah, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> we can It's it's a tragedy that has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We knew it was gonna happen. It's it's a big part of like what sets everything in motion. So we need Leto to die so that the story can happen. Yeah, and like really, I mean he gets a sweet send off. We didn't go over this, but when he when he's about to die, he's like coming out of his drug haze and he remembers he remembers flying a kite with paul (laughs) (laughs) which is so sweet on the beach or something (laughs) they're like running together and flying a kite and then he that's his last memory oh that's sweet yeah and what do you do you think there's a significance to that like other than like oh that's a sweet memory do you think that there's like something about a kite do you I don't know. A kite just feels symbolic. And I'm like, is... I always thought a kite was symbolic of, like, the purity of, like, family. Oh, okay. Because you, like, child-parent thing to do to yeah. fly a kite, kite together? or Well, like, Mary Poppins. Okay. You know, let's go fly a kite. It just always seemed like it, like, it's like watch a parent watching his child experience wonder or something or... I thought it, I, I always saw a kite as more like of a symbolic of like, you know, going where the wind takes you, like mm. you're, you know, blown around by the wind and you don't really have any control. You're just going where the wind takes you. I oh, wow. Know. It's kind of a scarier message. For a yeah. kid. <laughs> but cool. I mean, that's that is that ties in with the book. Yeah. Well, so maybe a little bit of danger, a little bit of wholesomeness. I also think. Leto really didn't have a future in every way. His spirit was dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we touched on it when we were talking about the dinner chapter. It's kind of a like horrible life they're leading, like uh, right. with like just all the secrets and everything and, and having to live the way they are. So it's kind of just like better for everyone that the whole system crumbles and that they can like be more honest with themselves and, I know. Do you think that that's what we're experiencing now? No. (laughs) (laughs) I wish the system was crumbling instead of the society. No, the the machine only gets stronger as as we die. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) that's not the topic of the day. (laughs) Okay. So here's a question. How would you set like pitch Dune to somebody who's like not sold on it? Oh, who's not sold on it because they know something about it? Maybe they read like the first 
you know, whatever, 20 pages. And they were like, oh, this is so much or whatever. Or they're like, no, sci-fi is not for me. Well, I guess it depends on what they're saying. Like, okay, if they're- <laughs> those are two different yeah. scenarios. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think with the 20 pages, it is very, it is a very dense intro, but uh-huh. the book is so, is so good about getting that like information out so that you can really live in this world and that everything beyond the pretty dense intro is like pretty character driven and, and story driven. And it doesn't feel like a, just a list of information because Lord of the Rings, every single chapter starts yeah. with like explaining <laughs> every blade of grass you know what shade of blue the sky is so i get the fear of dune being exactly like that but it's not it all flows really well and i would tell someone give it till they're on arrakis and if you don't like it you know you don't like it by then yeah totally i mean i think my i always have to read the first 50 pages of any sci-fi fantasy novel over again Mm. like i just always have to redo it i think this one is easier to like really focus on the shifts between the chapters Mm -hmm. um, which we already kind of talked about I think that's an easy way to kind of like break it down because yeah Lord of the Rings those I never felt totally at ease in (laughs) yeah yeah I just recently like I read it two years ago yeah yeah and I just zone out when that stuff's happening you know and I feel like it probably is important I know that that's a part of what a lot of people like about it but I just have a hard time with the density of the I guess world building yeah yeah I think that this one winds up rewarding you a lot throughout it like with putting different threads together and like it it just like all the density is very purposeful and then I also think that it comes across as dense maybe at first but then once you start reading it like you said it is very character and story driven so like the characters feel very well defined and like I like their banter with each other a lot I mean I think that we found that it is pretty funny I mean not even funny it's like dramatic and so dramatic that it's funny (laughs) Not yeah. even that. No, no, no. Like, really, the characters. Are, okay, I'm going. <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just that I feel like he has some melodrama in him or some drama where he makes each character really go for its vibe. Baron Harkonnen sounds really evil a lot of the time. Nobody's dry in it. The Duke sounds like a Duke. Yeah, I just think that they the way he writes character dialogue is really fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a better question than I have. So I have two, I have two questions for you. I have some silly ones too. Okay. But we'll get, okay. Two questions. Go for it. Okay. So this is just like, it's such a dumb question, but what's your favorite chapter so far? (laughs) (laughs) I love that question. My favorite chapter. Gosh. The first one that comes to mind is the one where they see the worms. The yeah, first that's time. that. That would be my answer. Yeah, because yeah. that chapter is so fun. I mean, that's really where it just takes off. Yeah, you learn a lot about mm-hmm. each character from kind of a little. Like the Duke's like pretty heavily featured, but all the other characters surrounding him, you just seem to learn a lot from their little involvement in the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good mix of really well-paced action. And also, yeah, all this new information. And I feel like you, 
like before it was easy to kind of picture them roaming around the castles and stuff but it's cool to like rise above and all of a sudden you like see everything mm-hmm. and you're like oh wow like these dunes go on forever <laughs> <laughs> um which is fun these dunes go on forever oh wow but i also i mean i guess last week's was fun because i like all of those chapters a lot and it was yeah. fun i feel like yeah like now that's really where you get comfortable with everything you get introduced to finally Keynes, who is really cool yeah and then everybody is just rolling at that point mm-hmm. and yeah into the dinner scene which is really fun there's so much going on and then the scene with jessica and Thufer, which i just love those are all great chapters but i i would agree like if i were to call one out it would be that spicing operation mm-hmm. that one I'll, i will say the first chapter is pretty good too oh yeah what a great yeah. chapter well, i guess <laughs> To quote you, what a great chapter. <laughs> what a great first chapter. <laughs> what a great first chapter. Because, <laughs> I mean, how could you forget the Gamjabar? It's so cool. Gamjabar is great. Yeah, and that is like, I also have been, <laughs> I remembered that when I was reading Dune and going to my drum lessons, I was also really into that album by Wolfmother. Have you heard that band? Which is yeah, basically metal, metal for mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> it's metal for kids yeah it's like now that's what we call metal <laughs> but i do think the gom jabbar is very metal i you can kind of see why all these metal bands love dune okay i thought we could do a, a fantasy draft <laughs> we could either do like uh the four characters we want to um have a house with in quarantine okay <laughs> or like four that we'd like to like spring break with or four that we just want to like you know defeat an evil power with well let's say we're gonna like knock over a bank cool okay perfect <laughs> uh and then i'm really bad with draft stuff but like you pick one and then mm-hmm. i pick two you pick one then yeah I pick two and then we could just go back one each. yeah it's like to be fair right since i start Right, but we're okay. doing four, right? Okay. Okay, so to knock over a bank. Yeah, it's a, it's a heist. It's a heist. Yeah. My first pick is Keynes. Oh, Keynes is good. Well, shit. I mean, I get two. I'm going Paul and Jessica. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Swept out. I was not <laughs> think about this. <laughs> oh, Making mind read each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> need walkie-talkies or anything if someone catches them they're gonna be like uh you're you're sleepy oh no (laughs) well you're heisting my bank i guess (laughs) (laughs) capture the flag all right well good pick i guess i'll i'll go uh, i don't think they'd work well together but i'm gonna go stilgar stilgar i think they would fight a lot yeah, but some, I mean, sometimes that's necessary in a team, you know, like you need that you need to have people that like are going to, you know, force force the other ones to think, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you don't want a bunch of yes men. I guess I'm going to get you got the good you got I me mean, you got the, the strong Fremen. Like, yeah, you got you got desert power, desert power. And that's what yeah. I'm all about. Yeah, I'm going to go Cue guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Gurney. 
Yeah. I'm going to go Gertie. This is just a sweet team. Yeah. They're yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, I'm okay, I'm going to go yeah. Chani. All right. She's I'm been introduced. With... She's been introduced in book 1 in Paul's in dream. dream form. Yeah, in Paul's dream. <laughs> I know I'm really skipping ahead here. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to stick with book one. All right, all right, all right. No, no, I think you get Chani because she's been because she did. She is. She's been introduced, and we we met Stilgar. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, no, Stilgar shows up for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, Um, Chani, I think would be cool. I I also imagine that she would be good with like um, gliding down a rope. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. good point. I feel like I have to round mine out with Duke Leto. Really? <laughs> no, it's kind of a boring choice. Well, I just feel like I guess it makes me sad because he's a zombie. Oh well, okay, because he's, he's <laughs> you're saying because he's dead, I can't pick him. No, you can totally pick him. He's just a zombie. <laughs> you have to go zombie. <laughs> yeah, if you want a zombie on your team. <laughs> I guess I got a zombie Duke Leto. Cool. <laughs> I mean, he's he's basically probably the same as a zombie or as himself. Right. Yeah. Well, that's just a family affair. Yeah, right. That's sweet. Well, I guess I'm going to pick Duncan Idaho. Yeah, no, that's 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 good. Yeah. Although I wanted to pick the Princess Irulan so she could, I don't know, tell right the about story it later. later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I just think she's cool. Well, I think actually both could do it. But your team might be too have too much integrity. But actually, all heist teams usually have a lot of integrity. Right. I mean, I think calling it a bank heist was probably a mistake because these guys don't need any money. <laughs> like, it would, be, it would definitely be like stealing plants or something. They just steal the rest of the, the water for their <laughs> little conservatory. Yeah, <laughs> it's just—it's not to help Arrakis. It's just for their conservatory. They love that weirding, the weirding room. room. For the weirding room. Okay, well, good teams. Great teams. So I have one more question for you. Okay. Have you ever left Caladan to go to Arrakis? Wow, spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, hum. Or just like, you know, you moved schools or something. Uh-huh. You know, like left, I, left, the, I, left the familiar to be introduced to somewhere that you had to adapt. Uh-huh. Yeah, where I uh, I felt like I was in a real Arrakis situation. Mm-hmm. Probably working at a startup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that felt like Arrakis. It was probably, it was pretty fun. I guess when I studied abroad... <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not gonna go there even though it was in morocco oh okay yeah, so wait i did did i know this about you i don't know yeah how were, uh, how long were you in morocco um like four months that's a pretty long time to be in you know yeah. somewhere so different yeah it rocked i mean it was great I think part of why I like reading this book is because it reminds me of that landscape. My Arabic days. What about you? Well, it's interesting because you brought up a startup. 
and I went to go work for a startup and uh on a different planet <laughs> well I was I was pretty new to Austin at the time uh, uh-huh. and then I was stayed there for like 12 years and uh it just like kept changing and changing and I feel like I was like the the duke who decided to to just do his job and not you know not ruffle any feathers and and just put up with hating my new planet <laughs> just uh, resigned to just hate hate my job for 12 years you needed a yui i did i needed a yui to shake things up <laughs> yeah. hmm, that's really interesting was it because of the leadership I mean, it was all my own fault. I should have quit like real quick, but I just, I just stayed there. And then, and then, yeah, the leadership changed, the ownership changed, the and they just became more and more corporate and less and less like a startup. It was never a company who I was like, oh, I really believe in this company. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a shitty job I had to put up with. Yeah, I think a startup is a great arrakis for the most part because like yeah. there's a lot of bad practices and bad leadership, and it's for no real discernible purpose a lot of the right. time. Yeah, I don't know. Like having a job, I guess, feels honorable. <laughs> or like yeah. you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your Kaladin? I don't know. My Your house is kind of a Kaladin. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I think it's like it's got a very great warm vibe. Oh, yeah. I guess if I have a Kaladin right now, my house could be my Kaladin. I was going to say like my 20s. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> Partying hard like, now. <laughs> like I'm not, go- I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. And really, your your home is what you bring, so I don't need to go back. What about you? What's your what's your Caladan? Probably like being on swim team <laughs> <laughs> in the summer. Just uh, you know, like going to swim team early, and it was hot, and then you like were tired the rest of the day, so you just got to lay around. That sounds fun. Kind of the life. This one we've already kind of done with the Harry Potter one, but I I was going to see if you could do a character, like which Avengers characters. (laughs) Just, Okay. I'm assuming we're we're going with the pre-Infinity Wars, like, lineup. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The the lineup changes after that. Pre-Infinity War, yes. Cool. Paul. Paul, honestly, because you could go with like you you can compare powers or you compare like the dynamic in the group, right? If you're gonna compare mm-hmm. powers, he's kind of like Doctor Strange. Oh, and he <laughs> he even has kind of Doctor Strange's like annoying like sensibility. Yeah, <laughs> where he's always like looking down on other people. Right. And he's even appropriated a lot of Eastern mm. thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually think that's a really good one. Yeah. But yeah. he's not also not like, he, Dr. Strange is not so much a leader. No. Not not to spoil it. I mean, it's, he's clearly going to become a leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think power-wise, I go Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like fits... Um, but in the group, I mean, I guess I would think Spider-Man just because he's little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's like the kid. Yeah, he's like the kid that's bouncing around. Yeah. Oh, that actually makes sense, too, because like Spider-Man shows up late into the Avengers and then they see him as like the new kid. 
who's like very helpful, very useful, but at the same time, he's like, oh, this fucking kid. He's like a spaz. <laughs> yeah, they all have to babysit. Lido feels maybe like Captain America because he's mm-hmm. just all about like, he gets annoying with his like, what's right and what's wrong and what we have to do. And mm-hmm. totally. Just, yeah, he does. He kind of is very self sacrificial. Duncan Idaho now, I think, is more of a Thor. Oh, okay. Well, Thor is like so powerful and cool, but he never takes the um, leadership role. Right. Really? He's definitely a side character, even though he has his own movies. I feel Um, like he's maybe more of either a Kynes or a Stilgar Thor. Okay. Because he's like kind of of this other world. Uh-huh. He, and he only like he joins this group this group to him these people are outsiders uh, yeah he brings, he brings powers that are foreign to the group i agree with that which one do you think i don't think he's a keens because he never but although his first movie he's like is kind of into science maybe if he and natalie portman like formed one superman <laughs> i'm <a> superhero <laughs> Because oh, Natalie Portman, yeah. I think, is kind of a Keens. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, because Sil- yeah. Silgar makes sen- more sense. Yeah. I don't get his moral code from Thor. He always seems like he's reacting to stuff. But let's let's put him at Stilgar. Because who would be his Loki? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that we're going to have one-to-one. So <laughs> okay, <long>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I've barely seen these. So I'm like... <laughs> oh, my God. So, wait. Paul is Vision. Who is Vision? Vision is essentially an AI that <laughs> oh yeah gains awareness and then he uses one of the infinity stones to get essentially a body and he's like all knowing he's in touch with realms beyond what we are in touch with. Yeah. I feel like he's more like Vision cuz he's got that mintat also like part of mm-hmm. him like he's got the like the computery part of him but he's also like kind of mystic. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Vision and Mary Kate and Ashley were like in love, right? Or Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> yeah, Vision was in love with the Olsen twins. <laughs> yeah. Wanda. That's Wanda. I don't know that Jessica corresponds to one of the female. Yeah, but we don't have to. It doesn't have to be a female. Because, like, cause who, who else would it be? It would be either, like, Wanda. There's not enough female characters, really, in Avengers. Definitely not Black Widow. No, she's not Black Widow. No. That's shout out Mapes. Yeah, she's Black Widow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Who's the Hulk? <laughs> I love the Hulk. Yeah, Hulk's great. But, like, yeah. is there a character with rage issues? <laughs> So I think that Kynes is either Hulk or Iron Man because yeah. of like the science, the scientist factor. A thousand percent. And also he's very like renegade. I kind of lean Iron Man. Why? Just because Hulk is when he like his powers activate, he's essentially just like one track mind. Uh-huh. Like. He's got a kind of a mission, but he's mostly just destroying things. And Iron Man is collected and planning. And Yeah, he definitely is. And also Hulk is kind of at the mercy of his power, which is making him sound a bit like Paul. 
<laughs> I have thought about Hulk with Paul because like yeah. Paul is torn. His power is like huge and he kind of has no control. Mm-hmm. Paul is either, everybody. Yeah, he's everybody. Yeah. No, so I think Iron Man for Keens is pretty good. Although like Iron Man is more selfish, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I think hero wise, Kynes is more Iron Man, the Hulk, but personality wise, he's more Bruce Banner than right. uh, Tony Stark. Oh, good analogy. Um, okay, here's my last question. If you could pick any three bands, <laughs> what would your dream concert be? My dream concert with any three bands. Mm-hmm. And it's on Arrakis. <laughs> oh, okay. It's on Arrakis. Okay. Thank you for making it Dune related. And they have to be bands that are still together or? No, dead or alive. Oh, dead or alive? Yeah. I got to put Pink Floyd in there, but I yeah. get it. I, I, I want Pink Floyd like Dark Side of the Moon, like that era. Definitely like pre the wall. Before they got too political. Well, before Roger Waters left and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I love The Wall, but like it's a Roger Waters album. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I love Bonnie Barrett. I'll go see him anytime. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like high on spice. You would be, yeah. I feel like you'd just be weeping. Absolutely. Remembering everything about your whole life. Yeah. It would bring water back to Arrakis. Go ahead and throw Radiohead in there. Just because I feel like I'm going to be a high on spice. (laughs) I might as well like get a little dancing in there. Uh Uh-huh. For sure. What about you? What's your three? that be your order? Oh. Oh, man. The order? Pink Floyd goes last. They're the bigger name. I'll put Radiohead first and then Bon Iver just because it'll break the two up. Like because Radiohead and Pink Floyd are pretty similar. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you? Um Gosh. Well, I got to say Joni Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just would love to. She could write some good songs about Arrakis. Oh, she would write one hell of a song about Arrakis. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of think all her songs are about Arrakis. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. Caladan. Yeah. And missing Caladan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And being on her Arrakis. But finding the beauty in that. Yeah, so I would let. Yeah, I'd love to just be like lying on a dune listening to Joni Mitchell. That'd mm-hmm. be great. I guess I gotta put Animal Collective on there. Oh yeah, that'd be a good spiced up mm-hmm. band to listen to. I mean, I feel like I would pop off of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I keep wanting to say King Crimson because it would be fun, and um. I wish that Joni Mitchell and Alice Coltrane could like play together. Okay, so I'm going to say the Beatles. No. (laughs) I think the Beatles is fair. I almost said the Beatles. I mean, who wouldn't want to see the Beatles? Oh, come on. (laughs) It's the Beatles. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Be so fun. They could play forever. I'd also like to see the Beach Boys. David Bowie would be fun. Of course David Bowie would be great. I mean, obviously. Okay, yeah, Radiohead, you're out. Bowie's in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I would really like to see, like, the Pogues or, like, Vlogging Molly. Get that. Or even, oh, my God, the Chieftains. Sorry. (laughs) An Inya. I would love to see Inya. (laughs) Okay, so I think it's, like, an Inya, Alice Coltrane, Joni Mitchell hour okay 
And then the Pogues and David Bowie and the Clash are all just going to have <laughs> Okay, you're cheating. Kind of cheating. Yeah. cheating. <laughs> right, all right, all right. All right, I'm done. That's my concert. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to your concert, too. Yeah, I'm going to yours. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah. Oh, okay, here's my final question. Oh, okay. Who do you think would be your best friend? <laughs> It, out of these characters? Yeah. I don't know. I can't decide if it would be Kynes or Gurney. Mm-hmm. Like, Gurney and I could nerd out about music and, and mm-hmm. quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quote things back and forth. Yeah. But Kynes yeah. is just like, I don't know. He just seems, like, cool. With it. Yeah. 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 What about you? I think Princess Irulan seems super cool. Oh, Yeah. I would love to hang out with. I mean, I just feel like she'd be like a great person to have in your life. Seems so smart, really well read, obviously. Wise, get yeah. stuff done. Yeah. I'd be a little intimidated when she's like, uh, "Do you want to hang out at my house?" And then you're like, "Oh shit." That's like the emperor's palace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Palace. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have much to bring to the table. Right. <laughs> Keen's like you kind of get he feels accessible. And like I would want him at every party. He's kind of very cool. He's very perfect in a lot yeah. of ways. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think personally, I think I would get along with the Princess Yerlon pretty well. Um, well, great. This is so book one done. In yeah, the book one done. So I guess we'll just make sure we're, we, when we come back next week, we're going to read the first six chapters of book two. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. It's kind of a weird ending, but we'll do it. Yeah, perfect. Who cares? Okay. Read those. Come check us out next week. Do we have a sign off? Is there an Avengers saying? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... No one should ever have infinite power. (laughs) Is that the theme of the Avengers? I mean, they say Avengers assemble. There we go. Okay. So, until next time... Avengers Avengers Assemble! Assemble. (laughs) Why is that so hard? 